Um, I think we need to get started, you guys. It's 9.01. Um, before we get started, um, I'm just going to pray and ask God to uh, meet us here, okay? Heavenly Father, just thank you for um, this time and this space, this change of pace and change of place to gain a new perspective, God. Um, you promised in your word that you, when two or three are gathered, that you will send your spirit, God. So I just um, implore you to send your spirit into this room, into um, each one of our hearts and our minds, um, that you would help us see who you are and how to connect with you through your word, God. God, I ask that you um, help my voice hold out and that my words would only be your words and not mine. In your son's name, pray. Amen. And before I get started, I'm going to grab this bowl, so this will all make sense in a minute. Thank you guys so much for coming. Um, before I get started, a little bit more, I wanted to tell you a little bit about who I am, so you know who's talking. Um, I am um, Jessica Pridemore, and I am from Marin County. I've been there for 15 years. Uh, before that, I grew up in the East Bay, and then I went to um, high school, or part of high school and college in Texas, so I might say y'all or sweetheart, and it just comes out sometimes. I can't help it. It's just a little bit of Texas. Um, I am uh, married and to um, a pastor, um, and we have two kids. My husband's name is Steve. Uh, in third grade, on the playground, I went to a Christian elementary school. I was on the playground with my friend Elaine Triplett, and I told her, I will never marry a pastor. She said, what if God tells you to? And I said, I will tell him no. Um, <laughs> so be very careful what you tell, what you say to your friends that you will not do for God. Um, we will be married. It'll be uh, 14 years this uh, January. So um, obviously God won on that one. <laughs> I never wanted to be a pastor's wife. Um, you know what? My battery light just went on. Great. So um, I will plug this in while I'm talking. These are our two kids, Kyle and Claire. They, uh, Kyle is a third grader and Claire is a first grader. And our, our puppy we got for Christmas, he was a Christmas miracle um, <laughs> last year. And um, he is super fun and they are super fun and they keep us very busy. Uh, I'll tell you one of these three. These are the, th the things I'm charged with keeping alive. And... Um, <laughs> One of them never complains about what I make for dinner, and one of them is always excited to see me, and so that one might be my favorite, but I, I'm not going to tell you which one that is, <laughs> you have to, especially since they're recording this. <laughs> um, I, huh, it's not the right timing to do this. Let's see. Sorry, guys. Right above me? I'm going to just ask for Oh my gosh, you're brilliant. Okay, sorry. No chairs, no power. We got it. <laughs> okay, um, so like I said, I grew up in, um, I've, grew, I've been in Marin for 15 years, and in the past 15 years, I've been working with students in all different ways. Um, I have been on staff at my church as the associate youth pastor. I had worked for Young Life for 10 years. I've subbed in every high school in Marin County except for one. Uh, and now I work in special education in high schools, working with juniors and seniors, helping them get ready for the real world um, outside of their bubble um, of public school and having a case manager. Um, and then on Sunday mornings, you can find me working with middle schoolers. I'm a middle school uh, mentor, and um, I just love the next generation. I love pouring into them because when I was in church growing up, there, was, there were a lot of youth pastors and interns um, and small group leaders that poured into me, and they filled in the gaps where my parents couldn't fill in. And so I just feel like it's so important. It's my passion. Are we, I think we're okay. Sorry. Earlier we couldn't hear it. 
but, but we're good now. You can hear me? Okay, just checking. Sorry. <laughs> We've had all kinds of good frazzling starting moments. So, um, As I mentioned, I grew up in church, and I did all the church things. Um, I went to, I got, was, became a Christian in Awanas. Um, I did handbells. Anybody do handbells? You know the, like, the wrist flick and the glove? Anyway, never forget it. Um, I... <laughs> Um, I was the kid that went to like three youth groups because I went to my youth group and I went to my friends' youth groups. I went on all the mission trips. I went on all the camps. Um, I just loved being in church because I learned more about, got to learn more about God and um, I loved being with my friends and not doing it alone. Um, but during that time with all those youth interns and youth pastors and small group leaders, I was taught this traditional view of a quiet time um, where you take your Bible and you set your alarm and you get up an hour before you need to start your day and you turn on worship music and you light candles and you make your tea or your coffee and it's time for you and God and you journal. And I was, I'm the oldest of four girls. I was never alone in high school. Um, and so I just felt like I failed in high school. I, couldn't, I didn't feel like I was a good follower of Christ because I could not have a quiet time. Then I went to college, and I went to a Christian college, and I lived in the dorms for a couple years, and I would look around and see other girls having quiet times. And their Bibles were full of notes and highlights, and there was worship music coming out of their dorm, like through the walls of their dorm room. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're having amazing quiet times. Once again, I stink at this. I must not be a good follower of Christ. Uh, after college, I went to a seminary where it was my homework to read the Bible. So I was always reading the Bible or writing a paper about the Bible. I was always learning about God and talking about God in class. Um, but I wasn't having a quiet time. I'm um, still feeling this like strain of guilt or failure. Like I'm not doing this right. I'm not following Christ the right way because I can't have a quiet time. After seminary, I went into working for min- in ministry, and in ministry, it's your job to know God's word. It's your job to be preparing for like talks and Bible studies. And at church, I was always in a small group or a Bible study, and I was always kind of I would use those as my outs for not having a quiet time because I was I'm reading God's word and I'm talking about it, but I wasn't having like a quiet time. I felt like, and then stage of life changed again, and when we started a family. And you know, just the, all the different stages of kids. And, and there was a brief time where my kids were both napping at the same time. Amazing. And I got to have a quiet time for an hour every afternoon while my kids took a nap. Um, but that was just a brief stage because then our stage of life changed again when they went to um, elementary school. And then, you know, the sports come in and volunteering in the classroom and the field trips. I started subbing at their school. Just, you know, a new stage of life. Um, and still feeling this guilt of this inconsistent connecting in God's word. Then last fall, our, my stage of life, our family stage of life changed one more time, and I went back to work outside the home for the first time since having kids. I'd always worked from home, but um, this last um, September, or August, I went to working back into working in the school district. And I love my job, but it meant, you know, like new routines, new things for our family in a lot of ways. My husband had to pick up a lot of slack. He does drop off three mornings a week. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> Three mornings a week, I'm not the one like saying, get on your shoes. It's him. It's awesome. Um, it's like the, it might be the best part of my job. Um, but it kind of heightened my awareness that I needed to be in God's word because now not only are my kids surrounded by like ungodly influences all day at school, but I am too. And so if we're not grounding ourselves and like rooting ourselves in God's word on a regular basis, then we're not ready to deal with those influences, right? And we're easily susceptible to those influences. And so it's kind of, like I said, it started me on this journey this past couple of years of figuring out what to do and like throwing out this idea of a quiet time 
to stop worrying about failing at quiet times and stop feeling guilty about it. Instead, just being like, okay, God, I'm in a stage of life where I need to make this work I, because it's too important to, like, to mess it up. It's too important not to. Maybe you didn't grow up in church. Maybe that's not your story and you're like, you have no guilt about this, and that's great. I'm so excited for you. It's um, <laughs> not my story. But something nudged you. Something you like tugged your heart to get you into this room, so I'm really hoping it was the Holy Spirit saying, like, okay, like, we need to do this. This is important. Um, before I go, like, any more into this, I just also want to offer this disclaimer that I do not have this totally figured out. I am a girl in the middle of this with you. Um, the reason we did this jar is not a shaming exercise at all. It's the exact opposite. Um, it was just so that you could see that you're not alone. The, peop- the pink ones um, are people that say that they never, almost never read scripture. Um, like I said, when I started getting ready for this or started like dealing with this myself, I started asking people around me, what are you doing? I reached out to those girls in college who were like winning at quiet times. Um, thanks. <laughs> thanks to social media, we're all still friends. We're all friends still, you know? Um, and I asked them, what are you doing? How are you reading your Bible? Like, what does your quiet time look like? And the responses I got were, well, I'm a principal. My days start really early and they go really long. I'm not really doing it. Um, I homes- I'm homeschooling four kids. I'm never alone. So, I mean, I'm reading kids' Bibles, but I'm not reading the Bible for myself. Um, I'm a nurse. I work na- uh, nights, and my husband works days as a worship pastor. I'm not really reading my Bible. These girls who I was like, they're better at being Christians than me. They're, we're all, our life stage has changed, and they haven't figured out either. Um, so I started talking to my local friends, started talking to my sister, my best friend in Texas, um, and realizing that this is actually something that a lot of people are struggling with. That was the point of this. Um, um, so I spent the summer trying to, um, I read books and blogs and websites and Bible studies and apps and tried a bunch of different things and then and a little bit I'm going to give you a bunch of those resources. But before we do that, I want us to look at this idea that we are called to know God's word. If you've been in church your whole life or for at least 15 minutes, you have probably heard the Great Commission. The Great Commission says, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus tells his disciples this before he ascends back into heaven, right? After he's risen um, from the dead. And what's never, I've seen this thousands of times probably um, growing up in church. But I never noticed that part that says to teach them, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given to you. If we do not know the commands that God has given to us, how can we teach anyone? If we do not know the commands that God has given us, how can, we, how can that inform our decisions? How can that inform our actions, how we treat people? Does that make sense? Jesus says like this, and we can't do this unless we are staying connected to him. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This last month, getting ready for this, I wanted to call Sharon like 10 times and tell her I wasn't coming, that I was quitting. Um, and I think that not that, um, I don't think that all things in the world are about me by any means, um, but it was a really hard month. Some tragedy struck my community that was very, it was heartbreaking and lots of tears um, at my house and just in our, around us. Um, I, the last two weeks, I've been super sick, which is why I sound like this, um, it just it seemed like God was just using these last few days and weeks leading up to this to remind me, like, you cannot do this. This is not you. This is me. 
And this is not going to work unless you stay connected to me. And I was like, okay, one final lesson before we stand in front of everybody. Great, let's do this. <laughs> when we don't know God's word, everyone in our community is impacted. Everyone in our circle of influence, right? And instead of being salt and light, we are just playing contributions. We don't look any different than the person next to us who's never heard the gospel or the gospel's never really changed them. I don't know if you've ever like stepped back when you're in a group of people who um, aren't Christians. And um, for me, it's usually like first grade or third grade moms. Um, I'm in a group and I'll just suddenly, like, in my mind, kind of step back and think, do I look any different than them? Do I sound any different than them? Do, can, can they tell that the gospel has changed me or am I just blending in with the crowd? Because that's the last thing I want, not to be amazing, but that I would look like Jesus on our camp, my kid's campus. I would look like Jesus when I'm at work, um, not just like the next person. And if we don't know our Bible, then we will crumble at the most basic challenges to our worldview. I think this is so important today, especially. Um, for the first time since the Europeans colonized this continent, we are not a Christian nation. We are not a nation, we are not a country where we can rely on our on culture to inform or even support God's word. It's fully up to us to know God's word. It used to be that we could rely on um, a little bit of, of church and school and our neighbors to kind of su especially support like our kids learning about God, that is not the case anymore. Um, so Paul says it like this. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and is acceptable and perfect. If we want our hearts and minds to be like God's, then we have to know God's word. God's word should be the framework through which we act and through which we see the world. But we can't do that. Just like the Great Commission, we can't do that unless we actually know God's word. Retreats like this are awesome. They are encouraging and they're inspiring and they are uplifting. Um, I have a soft spot in my heart for camp because I became a Christian at Awanas as a seven-year-old, but it was at a camp called Hume Lake in eighth grade where I rededicated my life and never really looked back. Um, I go, I actually get to come back here in a couple months with my middle schoolers to fall frenzies. Um, I just think camp is a pivotal time. But if this is the only time that we're connecting with God, this and Sunday mornings, um, I think we're missing something. And so the hope is that the, before you leave this room that you will have some tools, you'll have some ideas that will help you with create rhythms and routines to be connecting with God on your own so that this, I, this connection with God that you have at camp, you'll be able to take this back a little bit with you as you go. Um, my favorite story in the Bible is the story of Moses. And actually it's Moses, but it's really the story of the Israelite people, um, of God drawing near to his people and saving them out of slavery and taking them to the promised land. Um, and I love the character. I love the, the story of Moses too. I don't know if it's because he's a leader or if it's because he's a reluctant speaker and I identify with him. Um, but it's so, to me, so cool to see how God, you just learn so much about God in this story. And when Moses uh, goes up on Mount Sinai and God gives him the Ten Commandments, which is really like 300 and something commandments, I'm not sorry, 300, 600 something commandments, um, he's giving him guardrails, right? He's giving him boundaries. He's saying, I want to be able to have a relationship with you. I want to be able to um, communicate with you. Um, I want to be among you. But to do that, you have to play a part in this. Like there's to give and take here. Um, so here's some rules. Here's some, some boundaries. He knew what they were going to need. He knew that they were going to be in the desert for 40 years. And so he prepared them. And he said, I love this. He, so, like, you know, he gave him so many details about like, just how to live and how to get along and how to deal with each other. 
And he even thought about how they should lay off their camp. And he said, like, this tribe should be here, and this tribe should be here, and this tribe should be here. And when you get sick, you should go over here. And if you have this kind of sickness, you need to stay outside of camp for this many days. And he just thought through, like, all the details, which I love. Um, And not only that, but he said, you know what? Here's the way you're going to lay out your camp, but you're going to put me at the middle of your camp. I'm my tabernacle that will house the Holy of Holies where where the Holy Spirit will be. That is going to be in the middle of you. And he says, I will make my dwelling among you, and I will walk among you. I will be your God, and you shall be my people. And I will be your Lord. From this point on, God's presence is with his people because he knew what they needed. So he gave them what they needed. And the same is true for us. That's why we have God's word. He knows what we need. And so that's why he's given us um, this. Before, you know, the Israelites, you know the story that they're in the desert for 40 years. Um, basically, they whine and fuss and don't trust God. And so God's like, 40 year time out in the desert. Wait for your moms and dads to die. And then you guys can go to the promised land. So they're about to go in, and Moses you know, doesn't get to go either because he threw a tantrum, so he's not going in either. So Moses is getting them ready because he knows what they need. He knows what they're going into. And listen to this. Uh, I think this is, sounds very familiar, at least to maybe not where you live, but where I live. Where we live in Marin County, they, the, guess, the best guess is that it's 6% Christian. Um, by best guesses, Marin County is an unreached people group. Um, and this is, what it, this is what it sounds like to me. He said that <clears throat> he, Moses knows that where, they go, where they're going, they're going to be the minority, that most people aren't going to believe the same thing that they believe, that while the Israelites were called to love the one true God, Yahweh, the, the Canaanites in the promised land, they, didn't, they were going to worship all kinds of different gods, that while the Israelites were given God, they were told to live by God's standard of right and wrong, the Canaanites had di- completely different standards of right and wrong. The, the Israelites were told to live... Um, with, uh, with value and success to match what God said was value and success. And the Canaanites had a totally different view of that. Moses knew that where they were going was not going to be friendly. So he was trying to get them ready. So he says this over this, in, in a couple chapters, he says these verses, which have kind of inspired me and challenged me and informed my view of knowing God. This, this text, um, it reminds me of, you know when you, have, want something, you want your kids to remember something and you tell them over and over again? Like, don't forget to turn this in. Give this to your teacher, and then, like, you know, all morning you're like, don't forget. If you don't give this to your teacher, you're not going on the field trip. Turn this in. Or maybe it's your spouse, and you're like, don't forget. It's your turn to pick up the kids. So I'll see you later after you pick up the kids. And then you say it over and over again, right? Oh, I'm so glad it's your turn to pick up the kids. Because <laughs> it's really important. So you say it over and over again, like, nail it, like, drive it home. And that's what Moses says here. Because he knows where these people are going. He knows they're leaving their protective bubble of camp, right? And they're going into hostile territory. I'm not saying you're, where you live is hostile, but it might be a little bit. It is a little bit where I live sometimes. Um, so he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. And these words that I have commanded you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a hand, a sign on your hand, and they shall be frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house. Oh, sorry, on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. It's not just, he's not saying that God's word should just be confined to an hour in the morning before your day starts or on Sunday, an hour on Sunday mornings. But God's word should be scattered throughout our, our day. It should be come to mind. It should be come up in our conversation. But to do that, right, we have to be actually in God's word on a regular basis. Jesus said it like this. And he says this actually, like it's very similar in three of the Gospels. He says almost the exact same words. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. 
like our whole being, right? He's not just saying just your heart. He's, like, he's, he's not saying I just want your emotions. He's, saying, I'm not, he's not saying I just want your intellect. He's saying I want your whole being. And so just like the Israelites, we need to find a way to weave God's word into our life so that it's on our hearts, so that when we're sitting and standing, when we're with our kids, our coworkers, when we're at the gym, when we're at, the, at Trader Joe's, wherever we are, that God's word is with us as we go throughout our days. Um, so to do this, we have to put God's word on our heart, right? But our heart cannot love what the mind does not know. My love and my affection grew for my husband the more I got to know him. I didn't meet him and just think, oh my gosh, I love you. Actually, the opposite. Um, <laughs> we were friends for like a while, and then someone was like, are you guys more than friends? I was like, oh, we could be, I guess. Um, but the longer I've known him, I've gotten to know his character, I've fallen more in love with him. Like I said, we were getting, our anniversary will be in January, for, it will be 14 years. And over the 14, last 14 years, I've, my love for him has grown as I've seen him become a dad. And I've seen the way he's loved our kids. And I've seen him grow in his ministry and at work and how he deals with hard situations. He's way better at hard situations than I am. <laughs> There's a reason he's a pastor and I'm not. <coughs> Sorry, guys. But it took time, right, for that to grow. And the same is true for our love of God. The best way we can know God is through his word, I, I think. Because it's right there. His character is woven throughout this book. Um, Ruth Chow Simmons just wrote a book called Abiding, and I heard an interview with her, and she was talking about God's word, and she said that we can't crave or have an appetite for something, talking about God's word, that we haven't developed a taste for. Mm -hmm. We can't crave or have an appetite for something we haven't developed a taste for. Once you've had an incredible meal at a Michelin star restaurant, the In-N-Out fries look a lot less appealing. There's still a time and a place for the In-N-Out fries, I mean, I love them. But the Michelin star restaurant, the, the flavors are just so much deeper, right? The, there, there's more skill. The presentation is way better. Um, and there's probably nutrition in that, and there's really none in the now fries, right? It's just so much better because you've tried something bigger, something that took more work. Um, my son, our son, is a third grader, and he has been taking, he's, he's, he's a, a picky lunch eater. And um, so I've stopped trying to send anything creative for lunch. Like I used to send like pesto pasta, or whatever, and it would just come home untouched. Or um, soup and the little hot thing, and it would come un home untouched. So we've given up, and for the last like four years, I've sent peanut butter and jelly every day because he'll eat it. Um, and uh, recently, the peanut butter and jelly sandwich has started coming home untouched. So I asked him, I'm like, what's the deal, buddy? Like, you have to eat lunch at school. Are you just playing? You know, why aren't you eating your lunch? He's like, well, I mean, peanut butter mom every day. Like, could I have something better? I was like, okay, well, you tell me what's better, because what I think is better, you don't eat. So <laughs> what do you want? And so he, um, he thought about it for a while, and we're like at the dinner table when they were having this conversation. And he goes, you know, because my husband is a really good cook. He's a lot better cook than I am. And my husband makes a really good tri-tip. When he makes tri-tip, there's no leftovers. And so um, his son thought about it for a minute. He goes, could I have tri-tip? Like, <laughs> like could, you, could you send me dad's tri-tip? And I said, okay, so I was like, okay, yeah. I was like, well, we don't do that like all the time. But I was like, okay, so on the night dad makes tri-dip, you need to like save leftovers. Like I could pull some aside, I was thinking, you know, and then like send it. I go, but you know it's going to be cold, right? And he's like, well, could you just like make it in the middle of the day and bring it to me? I was like, <laughs> sure, sure. Dad and I are just going to like quit our jobs and 
bring you a hot lunch every day. It's going to be great. But as he's growing up, right, his taste, his sophist- the sophistication of his taste is growing because he's trying new flavors and new things and seeing that what he thought was great is really maybe not that great. It does the job, but it's not that great. Um, and the same is true for us, right? We can't expect our appetite to change unless we are doing new things, right? Unless we're trying new things. Um, I think we're gonna, in a minute, we're gonna look at our schedules um, and kind of like try to get a new perspective on how we're spending our time. But um, I don't know about you, I think, but I have like random lag times throughout my day. Not very big, but they're like these chunks of time. And if I'm filling those lag times with Netflix, with social media scrolling, scrolling, sorry, with just like even reading the news, I'm not growing my appetite. None of those things are bad things, and I'm not the person, like I'm not gonna tell you to get up early, and I'm not gonna tell you to delete your Instagram account. I will not. Um, But those things are not encouraging. They're not life-giving. They're not redirecting the gaze of my heart towards God, exact opposite, right? Um, We have to give ourselves experiences to grow God's word, or sorry, sorry, sorry. Give our experiences that grow our affection for God's word. Ruth Chalson also said that in the interview I heard with her. Um, And so that's what we're gonna figure out today. We need to be studying God's word, filling our minds with God's word so that our heart will follow. First Chronicles 22, 19 says, now set your mind and your heart to seek the Lord your God. To do this, we need to find a way to engage our hearts. In his book, You Are What You Love, James Smith said this. He said, when we, the subconscious longings of our heart are aimed and directed elsewhere, our orientation is askew. Our internal compass malfunctions, giving us false bearings. And I love that. It's so true. Um, have you ever noticed that what you are giving your attention to is where your heart goes? Do you ever notice that if you can avoid like Target and Nordstrom Rack at, at like a new season, that you don't realize you need all those things for the new season? But the more you're running, you're running into those stores, the more you think about like, oh, I do need new booties. Oh, I should go on Amazon and see if they're on sale. Or I should check the gap and see what booties they're selling this year or whatever, right? It's what we're giving our attention to. Psalm says it this way. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from you. Your commands I have hidden in your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalms 119, 9 through 11. I wish we actually had like five hours because we could just spend like five hours in Psalm 119. It's all about knowing God's word. But our heart's affections are driven by what we're around, right? That's just human nature. It's who God made us to be. Um, our trajectory is every, is like when we're running or riding a bike or on a horse or even driving a car, every step, every rotation of the wheel, wheel accumulates into a direction, right? So if we all get the same 24 hours, and some of us are reading our Bibles and some of us are not, what's the difference? The difference is our trajectory. It's the essential sum of our habits creating a life, right? If we all get, we all have, did you know that most women make 35,000 decisions a day? I know, that's a lot. No wonder we're tired. (laughs) Um, But most of those are not realigning our hearts. Most of those are not intentional decisions affecting the trajectory of where we're going, right? So today we are going to... um, look at our lives and see if we can start making some of those 35,000 decisions that, that we make um, point us towards God through his word. So the very first thing we're going to do is we're going to name the barriers. And if you ever have started a diet, you know you have to like step back and think, what's the problem? 
Like, am I not sleeping enough? Am I eating all the wrong things? Am I not exercising? Do I go to Starbucks twice a day? Whatever the problem is, you have to like identify and then you have to make a change, right? Before you can start losing the weight. So same deal here. We're going to take a second and if you have a notebook or that piece of paper I gave you, whichever one works, whatever you like, you're gonna write down, you're gonna name it. There's power in naming the problem. So we're gonna name our problem. And what it's, the problem is what's the barrier? What is keeping you from reading God's word? Is it that you don't have enough time in your day? That you're just too busy? Is it that you don't know where to start? Because um, it's, it's thick. It's hard to know. I don't know about you guys, but I've read Genesis 1 more times than I would like to admit. <laughs> because you're like, oh, I could, I could read my Bible today. Where do I start? Genesis 1. It's too many times. Um, <laughs> maybe it's something that's never really seemed important to you. Maybe it feels like it's confusing. And you're like... I read it, but it doesn't make any sense to me. So like, just take a minute or a second and write that down. And if you want to think about it later more, maybe just write the question. Like, what are the barriers? What's keeping me? I heard this somewhere, but I don't know where, so I can't give credit. So we need to regularly calibrate our hearts, turning them to the creator, our magnetic north. But when do we do this? This is when your little, um, your handout is going to come in handy, hopefully. Um, and you may not have time to go through this whole process right this minute. I totally get it. But here's what you're going to do. Um, I didn't, if you'll notice, I didn't tell you what day of the week to start on because some people believe the day the week starts on Sunday, like my husband. He's wrong. And um, I believe that week starts on Monday um, because that's when school starts. I mean, come on. Um, but and some, everyone starts their day at a different time. So I didn't want to fill in the time slot either. But I did, like, this is my week that I filled it in um, with this idea of I start with the big chunks. If you are always at work at a certain time every day from here to here, if you always take about the same lunch break, this is just like, it doesn't, I know every week is not probably the same for you. My every week does not look exactly like this, but this is like an average week for me. Um, so the idea is to like fill in the big things first so that you just see like, you know, just how, what your life actually looks like, where you actually have, where you have gaps, if you have any gaps. Um, you're going to put in things like work, school, church, regular meetings, commute, time to get ready, because that's part of your day. Um, commuting, oh yeah, commuting both ways. I don't know about you, but sometimes I forget that I have to commute both directions. Um, so there's actually time both on both of those ends. Um, anytime that you volunteer, any commitments you have, if you, your kids have things that require you to run them around, put that in your, in your, in your thing. So take a minute and just do like, just at least do like a couple of the days, just so you can kind of get the idea of where we're going with this. But like Marnie said, change of pace, change of place, change of perspective before you head back into real life this afternoon. Yeah. Was there a handout we 
Yes, are there no more? Are there any more back there, Allie? Thank you. Sorry. Thanks. Does anybody else need one? Sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry, someone over here needs a one. Yeah. Oh, perfect. There's like three, and there's three of you. <laughs> this might seem like a silly thing to do, but um, I do this with my students a lot, my juniors and seniors, um, because sometimes we have expectations on ourselves that aren't realistic. Uh, sometimes we think, um, oh, I can do that, but then when you step back, you think, I can't do that. Or I think I can't do that, and then you step back and look at it, and you're like, oh, actually, it's not totally unrealistic. So it's just, like I said, we're just trying to get perspective on our lives. Once you have like at least a couple days filled in, and you can kind of look at it, you're going to like look at those days or the week and look for what I'm calling lag time. It's time where there is something on your calendar, but you're not required to be engaging with anybody or anything during that time. So like for me, my lag time would be on, on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday when I'm driving to work. I'm by myself in the car for like 20 to 30-ish minutes. Um, getting ready in the morning. I, most likely, usually, I get ready before my kids get up. So usually when I'm getting ready, um, I am by myself in the bathroom uh, at soccer. When I'm at soccer or gymnastics, I am. sometimes I have a kid with me, sometimes I don't have an extra kid with me, um, but sometimes I'm just sitting on the side of a field by myself while kids are running around and playing. Um, so I would call that lag time. So we all have different kinds of lag time in there. And in the past, I would have filled those times with scrolling on, I'd be checking email or scrolling Instagram or reading the news but I'm trying to change that. So does everybody, that make sense? So like you guys can work on it more later. Sorry, we don't have that much time. Um, but when, we, when I started working on this and this idea of like stepping, stepping back and looking at my, our week, um, I was doing some research on um, habits and how we form habits. And I realized that I have a rhythm of, and other areas of my life that I actually copy in my connecting with God through his word. So, for example, um, I do dishes every day, but I don't clean my kitchen, like deeply clean my kitchen. I clean like, every day. I clean it like once a week, but I do dishes and wipe down the counters every day. I do a load of laundry every day and then just like wash it, dry it, leave it in the basket. And then on Saturday night when my husband's finishing his sermon, I fold all the like, all the, like nine loads of laundry and put it away. Um, I don't get to, um, I don't like go on like an hour run every day. Like, if I'm lucky, I get to once a week, but I can every day get in 10,000 steps or like squeeze in a workout video, right? But then once a week, I will go on like a, do like a bigger exercise, a bigger workout. I've learned that while I don't have necessarily like a ton of time to read God's word every day, if I can do it a little bit every day, like my cleaning and like my exercise, and then once a week, I can sit down and like really dig into God's word. And so I didn't, like, I didn't really realize until I was working on all of this that I already had rhythms and routines that I could just copy, that, do you know what I mean? It was already the way I'm living my life. And so there might be for that for you too. So it's a matter of like stepping back a little bit and thinking through how you are doing the rest of your life. And the reason that I think that works, for me anyway, is that I'm being proactive. The reason I, I don't like spending all day at, Saturday, at home on Saturday doing laundry, 
So by throwing a load in every night when my kids are in, getting in the bath, it's just an easy, proactive thing to do to set me up so that Saturday night I can just fold it and watch a movie. I mean, because then I'm winning. I'm watching Downton Abbey, folding laundry. Um, whenever we're trying to create a new habit, there's three steps to creating a new habit. The first is to set a reminder of some sort. And this is going to look super different. It's going to be super specific to your stage of life, your schedule, and the habit you're trying to create. You're going to, the, there's going to be the action, the actual habit you're trying to create, and then the reward. And that's what keeps you going, is the reward. And the frequency doesn't have to be consistent. We're not saying that, like, that has to be, like, the same thing every day or even the same thing for four days and then something new on the, the fifth day. It could be, it could look a little bit different every day or, every, or, or a couple times a week as long as you're being proactive about it. We're really asking this big question is where do you have space to create habits that will give you experiences that grow your affection for God's word? So I didn't want to give you this earlier because actually if I just give you guys each a giant stack, we just pass them back. Okay. Um, these, okay, I have a bunch, remember I told you that I spent all summer researching? This is when we get into that. Um, there's a podcast, while this was going back, there's a podcast called The Lazy Genius that my sister and I love because my sister is a lazy genius. She sleeps more than anyone I know, and she's also like the most creative person I know, and she works for Google, so she's a genius. Um, so she turned me on this podcast, and every episode of this podcast the host asks this question in some form. She says, what can I do now to make things easier later? And I've kind of applied that question through my whole life. I love it. Um, so when we're going through these resources, keep that question in mind, and we'll come back to it at the end as well. So I'm going to start with um, some little ideas with where we're just talking about like learning, like memorizing Bible verses, and then we're going to work our way into some bigger resources that could help you just be studying scripture. Does that make sense? We're going to go little to big. My other disclaimer is I'm not getting paid to tell you about any of these. I'm not a sponsor of any of them, even though if they asked me to be, I probably would. Um, and I did not write any of these or create any of these. So if they are heretical, I apologize. I did not write it. Um, I, just want, I didn't want you to read it or listen to it and be like, why did she tell me this? Because this is wrong. I'm sorry. I did not do it. So the very first one I want to tell you about, like I said, we're starting small, is an organization or a company called Dwell Differently. Dwell Differently is a monthly subscription. In the mail, you get a postcard that looks just like the keychain and like the temporary tattoo. I have one on. I started doing this a couple months ago, um, and I really like it. I'm actually using it with my kids as well. And the idea is it's the first letter of every word in the Bible verse. So this month's Bible verse was Joshua 1.9. Have I yet not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It was super appropriate for me this month, having a really hard month and getting ready for this. Um, and it's just been so cool to have it either on my wrist or on my keychain. Um, it's just it's like, it's just so handy. It just is with me all the time. So that's my first resource for you. My next one is similar. It's called Grace Notes. Again, this is a monthly subscription you pay for, and you get in the mail this postcard with a Bible verse, and then there's like a smaller business-sized card, and then you, they um, have a write-the-word card where you write it out to help you memorize it. Um, 
This, like I said, it comes in the, in the mail once a month. The cheater version of this, you could totally do, is to go on Etsy, and on Etsy, you can buy packs for like $7 as a digital download, and you get like 50 Bible verses, and they're all beautiful and cute like this, and you just print them, and you, the cool thing is you could print like nine copies of whatever verse you like that month, and put it next to your kitchen sink, in your car, in your bathroom, um, at your desk at work, wherever you go, wherever you spend time, and take like, I'm gonna memorize this verse this week or I'm gonna memorize uh, a verse every two weeks or whatever frequency you want to do. Oh, sorry, what's the name of that? Yeah. This one right here? Grace Notes. But the other one oh, I just said go on Etsy. Etsy. You know, mm -hmm. Does it say Etsy on there? No. That was a cheater. I mean, because you can pay for this or you can monthly or you could just okay, do it yourself. Um, the uh, next one, which is all about scripture, is... Um, Cultivate What Matters just came out with these journals this summer. They are, I think, beautiful um, and really fun. And the idea behind it is um, I am a writer, but I'm not a journaler. If you do not like to journal, these might be for you. And the idea behind it is it's just they're, they're themed, um, but it's a Bible verse. And so you look up Matthew 7, 1 through 5, and you write it. It's all you do is just write God's word. And what I've been doing with mine is I've actually been writing it, like however many times it will fit, I'll write it in different translations. Like, you know what I mean? And that's all you do. And it's committing it, maybe you're not memorizing every single word, but you're committing the truth of God's word into your heart just by writing it down. <coughs> so you can order these. They, like I said, they have a ton of them. I'm so glad you love that. Um, the next idea I have, which is, like a whole family thing, bear with me as I explain, um, is there are some really great kids' Bibles out there. If you have kids, chances are you have to read to them. We don't have to. You read to them every night at bedtime. And if you have school-age children, they are supposed, you're supposed to be reading with them or they're supposed to be reading to you for 20 to 30 minutes, depending on, or maybe 45 minutes, depending on the age of the child you have. So why not incorporate God's word into that at least once a week? So this is what we've done in our house. Um, I, we have found the I Am book I love, and we honestly just keep that book on rotation. Even though it's only 40 Bible stories, like what's wrong with them like, knowing those 40 Bible stories super well? Um, so we read that a couple times a week. The early reader's Bible, my first grader is a new reader. She's learning to read, and so I really like that Bible because she can read it to me. And then there's a couple little like application questions that point the kids to God. Uh, and then Mighty Acts of God is a really good one. Um, it's for like a little bit older. I would say like my third grader is just now old enough. Um, we can, we're reading it with him. Um, and there's a lot of theology, but it's a good theology, like about who God is. It's really good. And this is the idea with this one. Is if you can, you're reading your, to your kids anyway. So read God, read God, God's word to them, which we're supposed to be doing anyway. Um, and then during the week sometime, when you're running errands, when you're folding laundry, when you're, I don't know, sitting in traffic, listen to a sermon based on the, the text that you read with your kids. So you're feeding your kids, but then you're going to go deeper by yourself, right? And then my kids get so annoyed with me. And my husband's better at this, which you'd think he'd be the one that does this because he's the pastor. But whenever we do that, we're doing this, and then like, we know his ark, and then I'll listen to a sermon on Noah's ark, and I'll be like, did you guys know? And I'll like, tell them all these random facts about Noah's ark, and they're like, we don't care, Mom. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I like it. Um, so that is one idea. Oh, the next one is that um, maybe it's something that would help you is honestly just to get a new Bible. 
Um, I have a beautiful leather-bound Bible with my name on it, and it's like gold on the trim, and it's a steady Bible, and it weighs 5,000 pounds. And my parents gave it to me when I graduated from college, but I don't take it anywhere because I'm afraid it's going to get messed up, right? And then I have my, like, Bible that I've had since high school that has all my notes and, like, highlighting and, like, like I circled the verses the camp speaker spoke about. And I don't take that anywhere because pages are falling out, and it's kind of precious. I don't want to lose it, right? So here's what I did for my birthday this last year. Um, I just went on christianbooks.com, and I paid $12, and I bought a Bible. And I work with middle schoolers, so I feel like this was middle school appropriate. Um, but it has room for my notes in it. I like that. I don't, I've never had a Bible like that. Um, and I can write in it, and I don't care if it gets messed up. If I spill coffee on it, I spill coffee on it. It's fine. I stick it in my purse. I put it in my, my work bag sometimes. I just haul it around. Um, also, I used to really be an NIV girl, and now I really like the ESV, and just, I'm growing. Um, and so maybe you go on BibleGateway.com, um, where they have every translation, and read a bunch of different translations and kind of figure out what speaks to you and get a new Bible that can be kind of your New season Bible. Um, the other thing I really, this idea with why I got one for my birthday is um, I wanted to see what God did in a year in my life. I wanted to see where God took me in a year. And I wanted like a record. Because like I said, I'm not a journaler. Um, I wish I was sometimes. But um, I, so this is like my journal. This is where my journey with God since March. Does that make sense? Um, so that's another idea. Um, if you do get a new Bible, there's these three things you can do. Um, well, I mean, even if you don't get a new Bible. But there's these three questions that in my research that I found that I'm like, these, these are so great. And the idea is to just stick a post-it note in your Bible and whatever text you're reading, if you're not doing a study of any kind, um, just ask these three questions and you could journal it, you could think about it, you could talk to a friend. That's the other thing is all these tools could be done alone or with a friend. So whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, these should work in some form or fashion for you. I am an introvert, so um, I don't want to do it with people, but... <laughs> Some of you are extroverts, so you might want to do it with people. I'll leave those up for a second. Even when Moses was learning to lead the Israelites, he, who he was bore no impact to the situation. Had he bowed out 20 years into the desert timeout, God would have just replaced him with a different leader. And so, I mean, like if even Moses can be replaced, um, to me it seems like we should be not reading scripture, thinking about who we are, but instead thinking about God and finding God in that. What does this text teach, teach me about God? <coughs> um, if you want a really um, in-depth in depth look at reading God's word, Jen Wilkins wrote a book called Women of the Word, and in that, um, she gave this idea. Her idea was to print scripture, whether it be a book or a chapter, and take it with you. And that it's kind of similar to the idea of getting like a Bible that you can just write all over, but just taking a small piece that you know I can read that on my lunch break, or I can read that while I'm sitting in a car line, or I can read that when I'm in the doctor's office, and then leaving it in your purse like, or your car and writing all over it highlighting it, writing your questions next to it, maybe um, a response of like, thank you, God, or like, you know, that's amazing you did that, you know, and it's just kind of being, and maybe you do like, a, it's a chapter a week, or a book a month, or a chapter a month, whatever it is that works for you, but this idea of having it physically with you, because if you're a paper person more than a digital person, having it in your bag, ready to go, just having it.
So that's another resource for you. Um, the timer method is um, <coughs> that if you are in a spot in life where you're like, I really, I want to read God's word on a regular basis, but I just, like I, I have all these other things competing for my time. It, this is the idea behind it, is that you're like, you have a space of time and you're like, I have, maybe you have like an hour. You're like, but I need to clean the kitchen or I need to go run this errand. Set a timer for 10 minutes. And like, I'm going to say, like, I'm going to read God's word for 10 minutes, and then I'm going to move on to the next thing that I need to do. Um, and it's not putting God's word on the back burner. It's not saying it's not important, but it's saying I'm going to make time for this, but I'm not going to feel guilty. I'm not going to say that I have to have an hour and I have to journal and all those things, right? But it's just saying, like, I'm going to do this. Set a timer. And then when the timer goes off, if you're like, oh, I want to keep going, and you can, keep going. And if not, then move on to the next thing. And maybe it's even like you're laying in bed at night and you're like, I don't know about you, but I love to read before I go to bed and I like to read like mindless things because if I read important things, um, then I'll just lay in bed and think about important things. And so um, I, if, I've, if my day's been crazy and busy and I have not been in God's word yet, I've started trying this timer method of like, okay, I'm going to read for 10 minutes and then the timer goes off, I finish whatever I'm on and then I'll pick up my fiction book. Do you know what I mean? Like rewarding yourself. Um, the organ, this company's organization called Well-Watered Women Oh, so we oh no, I guess we have more, a few more um, physical things. They put out these studies. You can get them on their website. They're really pretty. They're small. The nice thing about them is that the, the scripture is right there that they're going to cover is in the book. And they only cover like a few verses or a chapter at a time. It's not like a book, like a study on the book of Romans. It's a study on the book of Romans 12, 9 through 21. And the whole book is only on those verses. So the idea with this is that it could be in your car, at your desk at work, um, next to your bed, wherever it is that you are, you frequent, right? And you just do a question, at, like a question here and there, whenever you have the time. Does that make sense? But they're really pretty. They have a bunch of different ones. And I like that they're all about knowing God's word and digging deep into just like to small pieces at a time. Um, on that same note, um, I really like dated devotionals because on a dated devotional, if I, am on, if I read it on June 2nd and then life gets crazy and I don't read it again until September 3rd, I just look how far I moved in the book. <laughs> Because <laughs> you don't have to raise your hand. I will admit it for anybody in this room that um, I have bought Bible studies, beautiful Bible studies, lovely Bible studies, more times than I would like to admit. And I've, I'm going to do this one. And I, I'm by myself. And I get like three days in. And then like it gets put on my shelf. And then like six months later, I come across it. And I'm like, okay. So I didn't do that one. So I'm going to get a new one because, you know, this one's going to be better. I'm going to do it this time. And I get it, and I get like four days in. And then again, like a year or six months later, I find it. And I didn't do it. Um, and then I can't even give them to people because I wrote in them. And I just feel bad. I'm wasting Bible studies. So I love things like this. Um, this is my atmosphere, his highest, Oswald's Chambers. It's just a classic. And it's not fluffy. I don't like, personally, no offense if you do, it's just my personality, I don't like fluffy reflection, like um, devotionals. So this is a good one that's not fluffy. And then New Morning Mercies by Paul David Tripp is also not fluffy. And I like it because, again, I feel like I'm winning because I'm advancing in the book, even if I'm really not advancing. <coughs> New Morning Mercies. Paul David Tripp. <coughs> Paul David Tripp. He's a really good writer. He writes a lot about and speaker about marriage and raising kids, and he's just like a solid guy. Trip, T-R-I-P-P. -P. Yeah. 
My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers. It's good. There's a new, there's an updated language version. I think it's like teal and there's one with triangles all over it. I like the old school. What? The first one is what? Sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah, so there's a modern, there's updated for language one out there. What? In the bookstore, Perfect. Who knew? So good. Okay, so we're going to move from some physical, those are all like physical resources, to some digital resources. Um, this is an app that is free. Um, hope, I'm sure, probably a lot of you know about this one. Um, on this app, there are a ton of reading plans and Bible studies and videos that are all free. And there's, what I like is there are reading plans that are five days long. So, I mean, like, you're not committing to, like, read the Bible in a year. You're committing to just read the Bible five times, and it can take you as long as you want. And it's right there on your phone or on your iPad so that when you're in the doctor's office, waiting room, or you know when you get into the actual doctor's office and they're like, they'll be right with you. They're never right with you. So that, maybe that's when you squeeze it in. Maybe that's when you do it. So this is a really good one. And I just found out recently they have a kid's Bible app that version also made, which is really good as well. And it's also free. Um, Dwell is a very cool app because it's God's word put to music. And let me see if I can. I told them I didn't need music or sound. I probably should have lied to them. Um, so this one, let me just double check. I don't remember. I think it is free. Hold on. There's no music. Where's the music? Okay, I don't have it set up to show you. But you can have it read it to you with no music or read it with music, and you can choose, like, piano, guitar, cello. Um, it's just really pretty. So if you're like, my only time is really when I'm getting ready in the morning, what a lovely way to listen to God's word. It's not just someone reading it to you, but there's music behind it. Um, so I really love that. I do believe that quite a few of the Undwell are, for, are, are free. Um, but yes, there's always in-app purchases. Another one that I did not personally, have not personally tried, but a friend of mine has three kids under the age of five and um, is really a busy, crazy mom. She suggested this one. It's called the Jesus Calling app. She said it's $10. But she said it takes her two minutes to read, and she can read it when she's nursing. Or she can read it when she's, like, laying next to, like, a toddler, like, patting their back, trying to get them to go to sleep. Um, or she can read it when she's waiting at the doctor's office or wherever. <coughs> um, another really cool app is called Daily Grace. And Daily Grace is a scripture, a reflection, and a video, which I like the video. And they also, they have a podcast all about, go, like, reading God's word. So, like, every episode is, like, a different element, like, helping teach, encourage, instruct on reading God's Word. So, that is a very cool one. Um, and the next one is called Pocket Fuel. Pocket Fuel is in, it's all about developing the spiritual discipline of reading God's Word. This one is, like, a monthly subscription. It's, like, two bucks, I think, a month. And then, I think it's 12 bucks a year, but you get to try it for the first two weeks for free. This is not an app, but a podcast. It's called the Bible Recap. Uh, the Bible Recap is um, you, the idea is that you read, like on this one, like this is day one, you read by yourself in your Bible or you listen to it, 
like on version or something, you listen to Genesis 1 through 3, and then you go to the Bible recap, and all of them are somewhere. This is a long one because it's the first, one, first day, but really they're all between 7 and 10 minutes long, and it's kind of a like, okay, here's, here's the context of what you just read. Maybe like here's the historical pieces. Here's maybe what's coming next. So be watching for that. Here's where we see God in this. Here's where we see the Holy Spirit in this. So it's just a really neat wraps it up for you because how I mean, am I the only one who's like read, I've read something and thought like, great, like that's a good story. I have no, how does that affect me? How does that, where's, I don't see God when he, when Judah leaves Tamar and on the side of the road, like where's that? But she does. So sometimes it's like a cheater for me. Like, great. I did, yes, I see God there now. I did not see God there until she told me. Um, She Reads Truth is a app that is free um, and you can put it on your iPhone or your iPad. And they also send a daily email that you can sign up for. And if you're doing the current Bible study that they are, are on, it's free like to do the one. Or you can buy um, old studies. And they're, they sometimes are based on a book, like the book of John. But sometimes they're based on the season, like Advent or Lent. Um, or sometimes they're based on a theme, like forgiveness. And they will have, uh, you read scripture, and usually it's a New Testament and Old Testament, and sometimes a psalm, and then there'll be like a reflection. Uh, and there's also usually a way to respond if you ever like want to journal in a public place, kind of, or like put your thoughts out there. It's kind of neat sometimes to see the community and other people's, um, uh, like what they thought about it. Um, they also put out really pretty books that you can order from them if you were, like if you would rather have a book to do it. Um, if Equip is an, or if the IF organization is one that is close to my heart, um, I really love all the things that they're doing. They um, put out books like this that are just beautiful, and sometimes you feel guilty writing in them, I feel like. Um, they put out that you can, and so there are Bible studies that are on books of the Bible or on different themes. <laughs> they also send a daily email with the, with the Bible study that they are currently on, and it is free. They also have a ton, all of their old Bible studies are on their website for free. Um, and some of the Bible studies have video teaching with them, which is nice, I think. If you are the kind of person that really is like, I want to study God's word, but I need accountability and I need to be in a group, but your life stage is such that you, can, you, you cannot be in a church small group. And you cannot be in a women's Bible study or a couple's Bible study or whatever because it just doesn't work when those preset things are scheduled. Um, the organization that does the Bible recap is actually called, the organization is called D-Groups. And D-Groups um, is all about equipping people to know and love God's word. So they have, um, they, if you're like, I, I want to do a Bible study with a couple of girlfriends, but we're going to have to do it at 11 o'clock on Wednesdays on our lunch break. Or maybe we're all going to like, do a Zoom call from our different locations because we're all over the country once a week at 8 p.m. when our kids are in bed. I don't know. You could, do, you could use the D group curriculum, and they will train you, and they will give you everything you need to, to be studying God's word, which I really like. I think that's really cool that then you can make it work for you. Does that make sense? Um, something else that's super exciting I think, if you know BSF. Um, BSF is near and dear to my heart. I love BSF. If you don't know it, Bible City Fellowship BSF is a really, it's an international ministry, and it's a, an approach to reading scripture that's a, a four-touch approach. The idea is that you read God's word and you answer some questions with no commentary or no other influence, just you and God's word and the Holy Spirit. And then you go and you have a discussion group and you talk about it and you 
you know, like bounce ideas, and I didn't see that. Did you see that? Or, you know, and then um, you hear a lecture on it, and it kind of, oh, okay, more background and history, and like, this is why this is working this way. And then you read commentary that has been like vetted, and a bunch of amazing, really smart people have come together to write this commentary. And so these studies are normally, BSF is normally like Monday mornings or Wednesday mornings or Monday nights, but you may be at a stage of life where that just doesn't work to be, have like two or three hours committed to that at a location every week, they have just started in the last couple of years online groups. So you can, from the comfort of your home in your pajamas, you can log in and video chat with the small group. So you would still do the questions and read God's word, but then your discussion group and your lecture are online. Right now, all their group, online groups are full, but I told, I actually contacted them and said, asked what to do if they were full, and they said, reach out to us, let us know. They're always gay, trying to gauge interest, and they're always opening up new groups so you could get on the wait list. So that's a really, like I said, if you've like, I've always wanted to do BSF, or I've done it in the past, or my mom did it, or my, well, whoever, I've always wanted to do it, it's a really great resource. Um, that now is way more flexible to our different ages and stages of life. Um, I told you that I have figured out something that is working for me. This is what I'm doing these days um, that is really, it's changing, it's changed my appetite and my desire for God's word because when I miss it and when I don't get to do it, I really miss it and I really look forward to like, oh my gosh, I can't wait, I get to do my Bible recap. Um, my husband is like, thinks I'm goofy about this. Um, but what I'm doing is I'm using the version app to listen to the chronological Bible um, they were really smart, the Bible recap, and they lined up their chronological reading plan with the version one. So I go to, I set it up on my phone. Like I, remember I said there was that, those are three questions, those three steps. So the night before, I make sure that on my version, I'm like ready to go. It's right there, the, the next set of chapters I need to read, and I download, if I need to, the, pod, the Bible app the Bible Recap Podcast. And so it's also just open when I open my podcast or right there. Um, and then when I get in the car in the morning um, on the days I commute, or if it's not a day I'm commuting because I'm subbing, then um, when I'm getting ready in the morning, I just hit play and I listen to God's word. And the, you can change this, the um, translation. You can change the voice. It's kind of nice. And then I listen to my Bible Recap. When I'm getting in the car, my action step, whatever, like my trick, it's kind of an action and my reminder, is that I plug it in to the speaker and hit play before I back out of the driveway. Because otherwise I'm like, NPR's on or the radio's on, right? I'm doing something else. Um, and my reward is that I've started the day with God's word and I didn't have to get up early. I didn't have to journal. <laughs> but it, <coughs> sorry guys, but it comes up throughout my day because I started with God's word on my heart. Um, and like I said, my appetite for God's word is growing to the point where even if I do this in the morning now, sometimes I'll be like, oh my gosh, I didn't, because especially when I listen to the Bible recap, I totally miss that when I listen to it the first time. So then I, before I go to bed, I'll go back and open it and find it and like underline that verse um, and, or spend time like writing in the notes or like what I thought about it. Um, and then once a week, I will look at all like that, of that week's readings. I'll kind of like go back over it um, in my Bible and write notes, um, write questions, Thing, cool things that I heard in the Bible recap, right? That same rhythm, that same idea of like a little bit every day and then a bigger one. So as you've gotten all those resources, and I know that was not like an exhaustive list. There's definitely more things out there. Um, those are just the things that I thought were really great. Um, if you're going to ask this question, right, is what can I do now to make things easier later? And what are your going, what's your reminder, your action, and your reward going to be? It's kind of like, 
when you go on a diet, sorry, I keep using that one. It's just an easy analogy. Um, that if you pack a healthy snack, you're setting yourself up to succeed, right? We, if, you have, if I know that I have like nuts and apple slices in my purse, it's a lot easier to not stop at Starbucks and buy pumpkin bread, right? Because um, I know I have a better option in my purse. And so what do you need to do? Do you need to download something like an app and, ha- and pick the, the study you're going to do? Do you need to print something? Do you need to put earbuds in your purse so that when you do have that sliver of time and you're, you're in a public place, you just stick it in? Um, do you need to put a Bible in your car? Something else I forgot to show you guys was on christianbibles.com. They have these Bibles that were, um, I got these for my middle school girls. They are $3. Um, and it's the New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs. And it's so cute. And um, fits in your purse or your back pocket. And uh, maybe you have one of those in your glove box. Um, what do you need to do to, pre- to, to get ready to prepare? Um, this is one of the many spiritual disciplines, right? Reading God's word. We call it a spiritual practice because we're gonna be, we have to tweak it. We have to adjust, make adjustments. The other day I saw this in a, um, actually, actually a workout video, um, and I was like, oh my gosh, this totally so applies. If you, are you tired of starting over? Stop quitting. It's like those Bible studies on my shelf where I've done like three days here and there, and I just keep quitting and they're like, okay, I'm going to start over and do a new one. But don't. Like, why don't we stop? Stop doing that and instead just pick up where we left off. You know you have those friends that, like the friend that you haven't seen in forever, and then you see her and you pick up right where you left off? And it's like no time has passed. My best friend Kelly is like that. I cannot talk to her or see her for, in ages, and then we just are like right there again. Um, but then you also have those people that you haven't seen in a long time, and it's a little awkward. And you're just like, oh, hi. And you're just like, you can't remember anything about them. <laughs> so, anyway. Think of God's word of your Bible as more like that, like my best friend Kelly, your best friend, that you just pick it up where you left off. doesn't matter if you missed a day, two days, four days, five days, nine days, a year. Um, I, on the Bible recap, oh yeah, I was going to tell you this, like full honesty. So it's been 211 days since my birthday, and I'm on day 95 of the Bible recap. So I'm definitely not hitting it every day, right? But I've read nine books of the Bible this year. That's, like, huge for me. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. And the nice thing about, like, that plan for me is I've learned about myself in the same way that I can go exercise by myself or I can exercise watching a video, like a, like a workout video. And on the workout video, I will do way more squats because that girl is like, you can do it. You look good. And I'm like, thanks, I know. And <laughs> she can't see me. She doesn't know if I look good. <laughs> like, but, it, it, but, I, but I lied to myself. And in the, in the Bible recap, I feel like she's my coach because she's like, don't give up. You can do it. We can get through Levit- Leviticus together. And I'm like, okay. So that works for my personality. You got to find what works for your personality. Try some of these different things. It doesn't work. Switch. Don't quit. Switch. Adjust. Because we have an enemy that would love nothing more than to make your life so busy and so crazy and to discourage you and make you think like this is not important, Right? He would love to knock you out of this game because he knows that if you know God's word, it will transform your heart and your mind, and that's going to transform the people around you. And that is the last thing that he wants. Um, Jen Wilkins said this in her book. The Bible tells us who we are and what we should do, but through the lens of who God is. The knowledge of God and the knowledge of self always go hand in hand. In fact, there's no true knowledge of self apart from the knowledge of God. He's the only reference point that is reliable. Uh, the Israelites were only different because of God, right? They were only set apart from the people around them because of the one true God. Did she get in? Okay. Um, 
if we want to be different than our world, we need to know God's word. We need to know him, and we need to know God's word. Because when we are sitting and standing and going to Trader Joe's, and we're at Nordstrom Rack, and we're at the gym, and we're at our kids' school, and we're in our churches, and when we're all the places we go, right, we, need to, we want to be a lot salt and light. We want, to be, we want to live into that great commission that Jesus said to go and make disciples. But we can't do that unless we go God's word. As we develop habits that keep God's word around us, our minds will inform our hearts, leading us to know God more. That love transforms us, and we are able to lean into that calling. The She Reads Truth, or one of the resources I gave you, um, they send a weekly email with a verse to memorize. And so I get this email every week, and every week um, it leads with this. It says, Scripture is God's, God-breathed and true. When we memorize it, we carry the gospel with us wherever we go. And I say not even memorize it. When we read God's word, when we, when we bury the truth, God's truth in our heart, right? We carry it wherever we go. My hope is that before you go home today, um, that you will find some creative way, maybe it's on the drive home when you're thinking through this, that, to take God's word with you into your days and your weeks when you're sitting and standing and with your kids and your grandkids and your neighbors, that um, just like the Israelites, that God's word would be a part of who you are, setting you apart differently in your different context. Um, I almost forgot this yesterday. Uh, if you have, I told you guys that there were, I was going to give away some prizes. If you look under your chair, I'm really sorry, girls who came in like later and we pulled in those chairs, you definitely aren't winning. Um, <laughs> you look under your chair, I have a couple prizes. <laughs> if you have a post-it note, a pink post-it note. Yeah, there's, there's three pink post-it notes out there. <laughs> there you go. Right, God's right. You can keep it. I know for sure there's three. If it's not under your chair, look at the chair next to you. If there's no one in that chair. You got one? You get a tiny God's word. Okay. And these are highlighters that don't bleed through your Bible. You can give one to a friend. Okay. Before we close, any... We're doing so good on time. Maybe I talked faster, sorry. Does anybody have any questions? Anything I... Yes, ma'am. Hold on, guys. No, that's a podcast. So whatever your podcast player on your phone is, it's in there. Just, you know, you can... I don't know. Do you have an um, iPhone? So go to the... Um, go to the pod, your podcast app, and, you know, you can search podcasts and search for Bible Recap. Yeah. Oh, the other really exciting thing about Bible Recap, if that was something that maybe sounded interesting to you. So they launched Genesis 1, right, on January 1st. But they're starting the New Testament October 1st. So it's perfect timing this week. To, you could start trying that. The Bible Recaps. I know. I was like, That's, thanks, God. That worked out nicely, the timing. Anybody else? Any questions? Yes, ma'am. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That would be a really good one. Oh, she, okay, the question was, can you just jump in anywhere? So, yeah, they've only ever, they've only done the, new, the Old Testament so far, so that might be a little tricky. But if, yeah, if you're, like, pastors speaking on Kings, second, I don't know, 1st and 2nd Kings right now, you could go in and listen to the Bible recap about 1st and 2nd Kings. That is so cool. Mm-hmm. She's really good. 
Um, and a lot of times she'll give you, in her show notes, she'll give you links to deeper, to more resources. Like if you want to see a map of how the, the Israelites laid out their camp, go to our show notes. And so that's kind of cool. She's always pointing to things like that. Any other questions? Are we good? Okay, I'm going to pray before we go. Is that cool? Okay. I'm going to wait. This pray? Okay. Right. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. And thank you that there, for more than ever in, um, in the history of life, there are so many different ways to connect with you. Um, thank you for just all the creative people out there that are making these resources, that they are available to us. And thank you that we are in a country where we are free to, um, to use those resources. So God, I just um, ask that you bless these women on their way out today. Keep them safe driving home um, and just... Uh, inspire them to give themselves experiences that will grow their appetite for your word. In your son's name, pray. Amen. Thanks, ladies.